Welcome to the MS Gym Podcast, where we give you the tools to live life by design, not by diagnosis. I'm your host, Brooke Slick, and here we go. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be joined today by Jody Feltham, my MS Gym Podcast co-host. Today, we're going to be chatting about what happens when you become addicted to your MS. Addicted, you're thinking? That's right. When your MS consumes your thoughts and your discomfort becomes your comfort zone. Let's get started. Jody, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on to chat with me today. I am excited today to chat with you. I enjoyed our talk uh, last time a few months ago. So, so yeah, it's going to be awesome. Wonderful. So I've already let everyone know we're going we're gonna to talk today about being addicted to living with MS. And when I say being addicted, I'm talking about from the second that your feet hit the floor in the morning to the second you go to bed at night, MS is playing in, in the background of your mind. Like there's, we end up in this loop of thinking and the loop is all MS, 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 whether it's our, the drugs we have to take in the morning or during the day, our infusions, our doctor appointments, you know, our physical condition, you know, in my case, the second my feet hit the floor, when I take my first step in the morning, I get a constant reminder, oh yeah, you have MS because I have foot drop, you know, and there's there's no avoiding it. And I think I think the difference is so so fine. Let's say, you know, I woke up and I'm like, oh, my foot drop. I could think about that foot drop all day, or I could just live, just get to get on with living. But then there might be something else during the day that reminds me. You're constantly reminded throughout the day that you have MS, especially when it's physically visible. But even when it's not, and and I think a lot of people get stuck in that loop. And I know I've had MS long enough and been through every phase of it from, you know, just the, the newbie who's just trying out a new drug and, oh, this one will work this will work thinking every time it'll work and then it doesn't work. You know, I've been down that trail and I've also been to the, Oh geez, my hand's not working or my foot's not working. You know, I've been through all of that as well. And I think it's interesting how different people react to these different phases. And there, there are people who just brush everything off, even once they've become you know, have mobility challenges and others who dwell in the moment. And I think today we're going to discuss the dwelling in the moment. And, you know, there may be people who are like that all the time, or there may be moments that each of us some sometime during the course of our disease have had a day or a week or a month where we're dwelling in our disease, where we can't get out of the loop. And um, that's what we're going to talk about today. So have you experienced this at any point in your, the trajectory of your MS? For sure. And I think, I think for all of us, I think, I think we all go through that um, as MS is so variable and it does, and it does change. Um, It's easy to get stuck in kind of the doomsday thinking in regards to that, because it's, it's true. It's hard to, when you start having mobility challenges, it's hard not to let MS be part of everything. Like you said, from the second your foot hits the floor, I know for, for myself, it's kind of the second I wake up, I'm suddenly thinking about my bladder or, or 
getting up or finding my walker. Like it's so many different things, but there is a difference in being aware. And then there's a difference in, in dwelling on it. And yes. it, it, it can be a tricky beast. And, you know, we all have different days. Sometimes we have awesome days and sometimes we have uh, really challenging days. And it's definitely those challenging days where it's hard to, to get past that. Right. And it's like, how do you move on with your day without thinking about it all day long? Mm-hmm. And I, I know I find that the days that I have more things going on or I make sure that I'm busy or I keep busy, let's just say, I think less about my MS. I don't, I don't really care. And, but, but I do know a lot of us live with, even on the best of days, there's this tiny little nudge of dread in like a little dark cloud. I don't, maybe dread's not the right word, but especially when you're new and well, even when you're not new, because MS is unpredictable, whether you've had it 10 years or two years, Mm -hmm. um, you just never know. And, and of course, that's the other thing, something that I, I try to do, because let's face it, we, we can only control MS to a certain degree. There's only certain things that we absolutely 100% can do to help to control the disease. But when I say the disease and us controlling it, I'm not, I'm not in particular saying the progression itself. We may be able to control our symptomatic response to the, the disease. Um, yes, we, we can help to control the disease itself, the progression itself through drugs or treatments but they don't always work. So we have to be flexible. We have to be flexible pretty much with every, because it's so unpredictable, we have to be mentally flexible. Mm -hmm. And some of us are more flexible than others. And some of us are more flexible on one day than we are on another day. So you have to kind of, for instance, we we can help to control the disease through drugs. We can help to control the disease and it's, the symptomatic effect uh, through diet or lifestyle changes, avoiding stress, you know, maybe quit smoking. Um, stress in particular is a big one. And I, I think, how do we get to the point where we can let go of the uncontrollable and live, live a normal day without obsessing about our MS? Like in our minds, having an MS-free mental day even though we're physically living with it in all the aspects of it, you know, if we could mentally, how do we get to the point where we can have an MS free day? And is it possible at all? And if we don't, how do we march on? Like, how do we reroute our, our thoughts around those little gnawing thoughts of MS? Mm. You know, how do we get past those? Like, do you have any tricks um, so I was interested, I was talking to my husband about this and, and he said, uh, exactly what you're saying about keeping busy, keeping yourself occupied. Cause it, sometimes it is about distraction. It's about living life and not letting yourself sit there and, and those thoughts eat away at you. Uh, so for myself, yes. that, that's a huge thing is being busy, whether it's, you know, being busy with volunteer work or being busy with exercise or, you know, whatever I can do around the house, it's important to not uh, 
let yourself be idle, right? Make your right. make yourself feel productive in, in whatever way that looks like. And for all of us, it will, it will be different. Um, but I'm also a big advocate of um, obviously being in the, being in the moment, being present. And, and that's, that is a huge um, piece of the puzzle, right? Because often when we get overwhelmed, uh, when we start going down that bad pathway, it's because we've either uh, looked back into the things that uh, we used to do, or we're looking forward into the dread of, you know, of what could be. But when we are in the present moment, it helps us um, to stay grounded. I agree. I agree with that. And I, I think another thing that so many of us do, I think we do it more so in the beginning of the disease, but but maybe not. Um, as soon as you know we get a diagnosis, so many of us are like, okay, I'm gonna fight this. It's all about fighting. Fight, fight, fight. I'm gonna fight this MS. I'm gonna fight. It's not gonna take me down. It's not MS doesn't have me. Um, and and all and I'm all about that. But I think when we get that fighting, when we do the, the fight response, I think our body. Our body doesn't know the difference between if that's a good fight or a bad fight. I think it just looks at it as a fight. So I try to, and I've done this in the past, I try to negotiate with my MS. I try to make it a friend instead of a foe. And it's like, okay, let's be a team MS. Let's, let's do, I'll do this. If you do that, like, I'm going to work with you. I, I try to mentally work with it. Okay, if my foot drop's going to be worse today, fine. You know, I, I try to talk to the disease, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that being in constant fight mode with the disease overall makes it more, it, it makes it, what do I want to say? My first thought in, if, if I, my, when I got to the point where I wanted to negotiate and make the MS a friend and work with it, I was afraid to a certain degree that by saying that, by giving up my fight, that it made it seem like I was giving in, I was giving up. When in fact, you're not giving up, you're just getting smart about how you're managing your thoughts about your MS. I think to myself, I want a day without fighting and where I, where I don't feel like I'm losing my edge either. So I try to negotiate with my MS. That's one of the things that I do to try to get out of the loop rather than constantly be scared to death by what MS is or could be doing to me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's one of the things. And and I'm, I'm very project driven. You know, any job I've ever had, it's been about a project, a project, like I thrive on projects. Um, so that's another way that I try to get unstuck. I look at MS as a project, like it's always, but it's not a project where, listen, you've got one month to get this done here on the first week, we have this deadline and this deadline and this deadline. It's a fluid project. It's like, it's a lifetime project and your project meet might, and, and your end goals for the project might be within one day or one week. Like by the end of this week, I want to be strong enough, or I, I want to, to have conserved my energy enough to do X, Y, Z, to go to a wedding, to go to a birthday party, you know, to host a dinner at my house or something. Um, or it might be, you might be looking over your next year 
the whole next year and say, okay, by the end of this year, here are my goals with my MS. I want to work out more. I want to eat better. I want to, you know, things like that help me get unstuck because it gives me, it gives me a, a project. It gives me something to do. It gives me a distraction and it makes me feel like I'm in control to a certain degree, but always along the way, you have to be flexible because MS can throw a monkey wrench into anything, but I think it's how we respond to those monkey wrenches that can make all the difference. So what, what do you do when, you know, an unexpected symptom flares up or you have a setback of any kind, or you just have a crappy MS day? Yeah. And, and I know both of us have had HSCT and a lot of people know that who are listening. I, I just want to make it clear, and I know I've made it clear in the past, that just because you've had HSCT doesn't mean, yet. yes, your progression may have stopped, but that does not get rid of all of your symptoms. So yeah, we still have bad MSE days. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, one of the things when I talked about being in the present moment, but there there is a level of um, acceptance, right? There is a point where we do have to accept our diagnosis, right? We can't... Yeah go about denying it happens, uh, that we were diagnosed, but where it can, where it can turn really negative in our minds is when we start accepting things, uh, that, that other people have put on us or things that, uh, we are fearful because I might, I might've been diagnosed with MS, but it doesn't mean that I have to accept the fact that, you know, my doctor says that, I'm going to be in a wheelchair in five years or accept the fact, you know, of, of some other prognosis or accept the fact that, you know, my long-term thing will be in, in a assisted living. Like there's things that we need to accept so that we can, like you said, partner with your body to move on from that point. But there's other things that we don't need to um, accept. And, you know, Trevor talks a lot about, you know, our words, bring life or death to us. And so whether it's words that we speak or words that we accept have, have a huge impact in our lives. And so it's important to guard our, our, the words we speak, but also the words that we take in and that we allow to kind of move around in our head, because that that's part of what can get us really stuck and turn a frustration into a very, uh, a day full of defeat. Exactly. Exactly. I think another thing that I think of on the daily and but I was like this before MS and I I think that's another thing I think we carry some of our traits of the our past pre-MS life into our MS life and sometimes those are good and sometimes those are bad Mm -hmm. and in my particular case like I've never really you know you see all that you're worth it you're worthy you're this I've never, by the grace of God and parents who told me I could be and do anything, um, I've never felt unworthy, unworthy of anything, whether I had MS or foot drop or whatever, I'm no less worthy of anything in this life than somebody who doesn't have MS, you know? And one of the things every day when I wake up, I'm like, okay, what do I need to get done today? Whether it's the laundry or cleaning the toilets or whatever, like, I always feel like, and I, there certain you, we create these expectations, as you said, in our head um, of what we think others might expect of us. 
and then what I personally expect of myself, whether I can do it or not on that day. And I'm in a constant battle with myself is, am I being productive enough? Am I contributing enough? Am I contributing enough to my household? Am I contributing enough to, you know, any Facebook groups that I admin? Um, and I, am I contributing enough to my daughter's life or my granddaughter's life or my, you know? And I think that I had to find a balance. For instance, my, my husband and I, we have a granddaughter that's two. And she, you know, two-year-olds like to run around like that. You can't catch them type thing. Well, I can't do that. I physically cannot do that, but my husband can. And of course I could go into the, oh, I can't do that anymore. I'm never going to be able to do that. You know, and I've had a day or two where I think that for for a hot minute. And then I'm like, Brooke, get over yourself. I think to myself, I think about my own grandmother. And I think about the fact that what do I remember about my grandmother when I was growing up? She's passed now. But when I was, was Liv's age and all my years I spent in her house, I have wonderful memories of my grandmother. Not a one of those memories had to do with her running around or chasing me, playing baseball with me, playing outside with me, nothing. Every single loving memory I have of her was a sedentary one. We, she would cook the most fantastic meals and I'd sit in the kitchen and watch her make them. We'd watch soap operas together. We, so I try to tell myself, Brooke, anything that Liv is going to remember about you is going to have absolutely nothing to do with, with physical activity. You can give her, you know, warm hugs and you can have hot cocoa ready for her after she's outside playing in the snow with Pappy, you know, that kind of thing. So that's another way I think we get stuck is with the expectations that we have for ourselves or what we think other people have of us. When in fact, they probably don't have even a fraction of the expectations that we think that they might, you know, we might be sitting there thinking, oh, do they think that I should be doing more? So, when in fact, they probably aren't. But I think that's another way that we get stuck. I mean, do you ever have those kind of feelings? Mm-hmm. You feel I- like you should be doing more? I definitely am I just sitting around on my butt, you know, and you know what, it's interesting because things do, things do change. Obviously, you know, we're all at a different stage of the disease and we all have our different mobility um, challenges, but I've definitely felt that, especially in the last year when my, when my parents are doing some like renos or putting something new, uh, some new furniture together. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I can't, carry anything and like getting to one room to another is hard enough for me alone so I you know there's that feeling of like I'm not contributing anything but it I can still do that it looks a lot different and there's I've it's it's a journey it's a process and I think so much because of the way that our own brains work and the expectations we have on ourselves or that we think other people have on us. We think that physically we have to be productive. And if we're not being physically productive, then, then we're not, then we're not doing anything worthwhile. And we forget that, you know, our MS life is, is our life. And, you know, we are not just what we physically can do, but through this journey, we are growing uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Like it's, it's not just from a physical standpoint. And, and although there's things that are difficult for us to do, or maybe that we can't do anymore, 
um, there are other things, there are other avenues that we are learning and growing and that we can contribute to. And I guess I've gotten really good at spending a lot of time on the computer or calling customer service. And I found my parents might be able to come here and do like renos in my house and I'm, I'm just sitting there watching. But then if they need something returned or need to find something, I can make the phone calls. I can I can do things for them so I can give back in different ways. And I know, you know, from the world standpoint and certainly the Jody pre-MS that wouldn't necessarily be productive, but I know it means something to them. So I think switching our, our mental uh, concept of what productive or um, investing in other people, I think it, I think it looks different. That's an excellent point. Absolutely excellent point. You know, as you're saying that, I'm sitting here thinking of the things behind the scenes. We do a lot of behind the scenes things, you know, the not so visible things. Um, like I, I take care of all the, you know, our checking and our bills and our insurance and like all of those things that my husband, you know, he works. And at least in the summer, you know, in the warmer months and he could work 80 hour weeks he doesn't have time for any of that stuff. So part of my contribution, I feel, is that he doesn't have to ever worry about, you know, is his insurance card, you know, is everything up to date? Is that, you know, that's my kind of behind the scene. And like you said, taking care of the behind the scenes, you need to return something, you need to check on something, you need to make doctor's appointments or dentist appointments for him. Um, so, we're doing all the we're the behind the scenes, not so physically visibly productive and con contributing. Um, but that's a great, great point. You know, you just need to rethink what productive and contributing looks like. Mm -hmm. So, but I think one of the big points of today is I want everybody to know that they're not alone in all of these thoughts. I know we're kind of rambling back and forth about different things, but so people know that they're not alone in their thoughts of this, that we all, whether you're a newbie to MS or whether you've had it 20 years, like I have, we, we all have these thoughts somewhere along the way. And I think the goal is to not stay in that moment for any longer than you have to, because life with MS can be, other than the things that you can't control, it, you can make it out of it what you will. Mm. So Along the way, I can only hope that people find tricks to reroute their thoughts around the negative and around the poor me and around the I'm not worthy or I'm not doing enough because just living with MS is a lot. It's exhausting. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Trevor um, talks about, you know, having you know, allowing yourself to have those pity parties, but not letting it go on for an extended time. And I have to say, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm doing it less, I think, because I keep myself busy. But there was definitely times that something would happen and I'd go to my bedroom and I'd just bawl my eyes out for an hour and I'd cry and I'd cry. And you know what? I've, I've always been a big advocate of that. It's, it's cathartic, right? Letting, letting it all go because you hold it all inside. But by crying and grieving because we do have losses with MS, right? Like every, yeah. everyone with or without MS or with or without disease, we all have losses in life. And it's, and it's part of that acceptance. 
um, is realizing in that moment, you're not able to do what it is that you want to do, or, you know, it doesn't mean that it's going to be like that tomorrow or next week or, or whatever, maybe it will be, but it's important to, to be in the present and to grieve those losses in the present moment. And I think, I think that's part of the process. I know that's been huge for me, um, having, having, you know, the freedom to do that. And, you know, I talk a lot with my husband or, you know, my parents, and that's one thing I've developed such an amazing relationship with people. It's so much deeper. Like my parents are my best friends and yes, there is, there is a certainly a a level of dependency um, there too, but I love them so much. And, and I don't think I would have had that without, without this diagnosis, without the challenges. And I think you know, there's opportunity for us to have really rich relationships with people because we don't have time for the light and fluffy, right? We, yes. need, we, we don't have time for the trivial fluff. It's, it's not like that anymore. And so we right. have things in our life that count. Exactly. Isn't it amazing how quickly you, all of the, the static falls away mm-hmm. because you don't have you know, you have real problems. When I think back to, because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, did I ever have these moments? I am innately positive always. I always think that there's a way out. I always think that things will turn out okay. And I think back to in the beginning of my MS, and then this is back, you know, beta seron, Capaxone, Galenia, um, I was new to it. And when we're new, you know, we're all pumped up and we're like, okay, this drug's going to work. That drug's going to work. And every single time I really did every single time I thought the next drug was going to work. And even then after when they didn't work one after the other, I still didn't ever lose hope. And, and another difference at that time was I was working full time and I had a daughter who was living at home. Um, I think I, she was seven or so when I first started having symptoms, but I was distracted all the time. So I, w- I never really got caught or stuck in that loop of negative thinking. I was too busy mm-hmm. to feel sorry for myself. But as time went on and, you know, she was more independent and out of the house. And that's when it's a little more difficult to kind of avoid uh, quiet moments can be lethal but I still, I never, ever dwelled in it. I, not for more than a day or so. It was typically when I was trying to figure out what my, what my next plan was going to be. What am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? Um, and I think if I had any advice for newbies, it would be not to panic. Mm. Because I think earlier on when I was in those days of all the drugs, it was easy to panic about now what, now what, now what, whether it was a new symptom that I might have or a new drug that had failed, there was always this initial panic, then acceptance, then moving on. I think if I could go back, I would not have panicked as much and I wouldn't have gotten as as stuck in the loop of thinking, what next, what next, I I don't know. I just, what advice would you have for, for newbies? Cause not everybody who's listening is, has had it for X amount of years and been through all the, what advice would you give to a newbie? Mm. You know what you, you said one word uh, that really means a lot. And we talk a lot about it in the, the members only corner in the MS gym, it's hope and hope is yeah. so important, right? Like 
we don't know whether these medications will work. And you know what, what, what works wonders for one person might not work, you know, well for the next, it might do the opposite. But I think having hope is so, so important, right? Like we don't know uh, what tomorrow holds, but having that hope, like I love that you said, you know, you've always had a positive spirit and, and part of that is hope. And, you know, when we, when we lose the idea of hope, when we suddenly think that we're too far gone or that, you know, that everyone else, everyone else can heal, everyone else can improve, but me, right. We lose that hope. And it's so dangerous because that's when we kind of go down that slippery slope, you know, of despair, right. We almost, we almost take that on as our identity. We become the one person that no one can help. Right. And when yes. we lose, when we lose that hope, and when we take on those feelings of despair, we give up our control, right? Because if no one can help us, that certainly means that we can't help ourselves either. And the problem, obviously, there's a lot of problems with that. But when we uh, give up that control, we also give up any kind of responsibility that we uh, may have to help ourselves. And there are things, you know, that we can, that we can do. So keeping, you know, busy is busy is good, not busy to the point of exhausting ourselves, but right. you know, always thinking about, you know, what, what things can I do to, to help my situation? You know, whether it's thinking about, you know, maybe I should look at a new eating plan or maybe, you know, these are some exercises or stretching that I should focus on, right. Having, having hope, believing that the positive changes we are making in our life are going to benefit us, even if it doesn't you know, take away our foot drop, there's going to be something positive that comes um, from making good choices in our life. Right. I agree with that. Well, Jody, I'm hoping that today somebody, we're kind of all over the map. I, I think I had an initial plan and it just went kind of sideways, but not in a bad way. Um, I think we covered a, a lot of different things that at any point in somebody's MS life could come up that they might be questioning if they're the only one. And I think that's one thing the MS gym is all about is letting people know that you're not the only one. I think they do a good job of making sure that everybody is seen and heard. Um, but I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, I know I, for anybody listening who doesn't know about it already, the MS gym now has kind of revamped itself. They're doing a membership 2.0. So if you haven't, if you're a member and you haven't already checked out the, the changes, um, you might want to do that. And I think there are more coming up. Jody, do you know anything about those changes? Like off the top of your head, I'm trying to think, I watched a video the other day of Trevor and, um, I think they're like the app is they're going to be more in it's going to be more inclusive and more user friendly um, as far as navigating the the program. Yeah, no, things are going to get I have a little bit of behind the scenes. Um, That's, what I thought. That's what I'm asking. I thought, well, I have a run here. I'm going to ask. Yeah, no, a little bit of behind the scenes. Things are going to be a lot easier so people know how to move from uh, programs to companion guides and what they should be doing. It's things are going to be a lot more streamlined. And I have to tell you that, you know, we talk about Trevor doing all these trainings over the last few years, like this new stuff is like crazy. Awesome. So, well, that's great to hear. Yeah. So it really is. It's like, we've got like the top line training, you know, for, for us MS athletes. So it's incredible. And, uh, 
yeah, it's going to knock the socks off, off, off people when they see some of the, some of the new trainings that are coming out. And that's the really cool thing is Trevor never, you'll never find him resting on his laurels. You know, he's constantly evolving. Um, just when you think, gosh, this guy can't get any better and he can't provide, you know, any more state of the art than he, he could be, he does. Um, so that's exciting, but I thought I'd just throw that in, in there for anybody listening as well. So they know that there are exciting changes happening within the MS gym and the membership and, uh, yeah. So Jody, thank you so, so much for coming on today. I hope that somebody took something from what we, we discussed today. And I hope that whenever somebody gets stuck in that loop of dread or negativity or, who am I? What am I? And I can, am I contributing? And am I being productive enough? You're not the only one who's thinking that. And uh, you need to maybe try to rethink how you're, how you're managing that in your mind. But yeah, you're not, you're never alone, never alone with the MS Gym and the MS Gym podcast. So Jody, thank you so, so much for coming on. So glad to be here today. And I know we, we had a lot of thoughts in different directions, but I, I, it's kind of, a resemblance of, of the MS brain sometimes, right? Yes. Thoughts in all different directions and in yes. all different ways. But um, I think we talked, we talked about a lot of things, a lot of thoughts that, that can go through our brains on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. So I think, I think, like you said, it's important for people to know that they're not alone um, in the, in their challenges, in their struggles. So yep. yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we had a chat today. Great. Thanks so much. For more information about the MS Gym, you can find them at themsgym.com, on Instagram, and Facebook. If you'd like to know what I've been up to lately, you can find me at brookslick.com. We'll see you on the next episode.